Big episode today, Big Fudge. Every episode's a big episode. They all are. They're sensational. They, uh, I think we have the hottest streak of the most quality five-star episodes of any podcast. <laughs> There's, They're just ongoing and they're all amazing. The but award-winning podcast. We just love to give. We do. And we got a great one for you today. Before we get into it, though, we're going to talk about some of these dates that are coming up. Of course, this weekend, Newcastle Pro Wrestling 55, the first Charlestown show of the year, the Kings of the Castle qualifiers. We'll continue. You can get your tickets at newcastleprowrestling.com.au. Then, of course, on the 21st of January, that is Rock and Roll Wrestling returning to Nara at Shoalhaven Entertainment Center. Another huge one at the Gold Rush. You can get your tickets at Rock and Roll Wrestling. Dot com. Exciting times because the very next day, January the 22nd, PWA returns to Rudy Hill RSL. All the information for that event will be on prowrestlingaustralia.com.au. But the action doesn't end there because the month caps off with Wrestling Go on the 29th of January returning to Marion Community Centre. All the information about that event will be at facebook.com slash wrestling go. Big fudge. Some tryouts. Have you ever dreamed of becoming an aspiring professional wrestler? January the 21st, the Pro Wrestling Academy is opening its doors and having open tryouts. That is, as I said, the 21st of January at 10 a.m. All the information for that will be at prowrestlingaustralia.com.au or the Pro Wrestling Academy on Facebook. Also, the House of Free Fighting in Newcastle is having their tryout on the 6th of February. And that is going to be at the House of Free Fighting in Gateshead. Go to newcastleprowrestling.com.au for those details. Motor Mouth, big fudge right there. We are rattling off these... With very little time because we've got to go. You've got to rush, 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 conquer. There's no, <laughs> no time. There's no time at all. Uh, let's get to it. It must be that time again, Conquer. I'm looking at my watch. Oh, I can feel it. I can feel I it can in my bones. I hear the theme music playing. That's usually a good indication that's the beginning of the show. That's the. I uh, could be wrong. That is actually the perfect indication of the show. You could begun. be leading me on. <laughs> no, no. Hey, I'm not leading you on at all, Big Fudge. Uh, this is the real deal. We have a sensational episode for our listeners. Our first interstate guest, I suppose. Wow, exciting times, Conco. Exciting times, exciting, the exciting times don't stop. Are here on Conco and a fudge. <laughs> Different every episode, just like I like I it. I like to mix it up. I like to keep people guessing on their feet. That's it. We don't have any real consistency when it comes to. Uh, that song, but uh, hey, we uh, we do have consistency when it comes to putting out this show every single week, Big Fudge. We're, we're Except for the weeks that we don't put it out. Exactly. Those are the weeks that we don't have the consistency, but let's not talk about those weeks. <laughs> let's talk about this week, this episode, huge guest, uh, Gavin McGavin, the Our current uh, EPW Coastal Champion. Our first interstate guest. As I did mention, Big Fudge, so thanks. I'd just like to repeat <laughs> you to reiterate, hey... Repetition gets you over, brother. You have said this before on the show. I know, it's a catchphrase of mine. That's good. It's not a bad catchphrase. <laughs> hey, and if you're going to say any catchphrase again, that's the one I would want you I to say. I think so. Very appropriate. Uh, big weekend, of course, this one. The first uh, one back in the ring for myself and your retired self. Yes. Uh, you answered the call of... Ju- Sorry, just as the chicken dance starts going off in the I- background. What is this? Wow. What... Sorry, we're recording this uh, after we've already had our... Oh my god, I need to get... What the hell? Hold on. I don't know if... I mean, the, the mics are not getting think, this. Uh, but, sorry, 
<laughs> yeah. we, we need to paint the picture for our audience. We are we are here doing the the beginnings, the intros, and the outros of the show after we've done the interview with Gavin McGavin, and he's over to our side, and all of a sudden we hear out of nowhere a uh, a chicken from one of our lockers because we're in a locker room that is actually surrounded by actual lockers, and inside one of these lockers went off a chicken, the chicken doing the chicken dance. What a beautiful moment this is, Conco. I kind of want to steal it. Wow. And we lived it. <laughs> what the? What an experience. Only in the crazy world of professional wrestling. And our guest, Gavin McGavin, just killed the chicken. <laughs> oh He's strangling it. It's already dead. Gavin Leave it alone, McGavin. Gavin. Gavin Please. is choking the chicken. Gavin, shoot fighter McGavin is shooting on the chicken. My God, when will the violence end? It's dancing to its demise. It's tongue sticking out. Its eyes have rolled to the back of his head. It's over. The match is already over, damn it. That chicken has a family. Big fudge. Uh, well, that was unexpected. I Most certainly. <laughs> you can expect anything here on Conquer on the Fudge. Can anything happen. can happen. Anything can happen in life. I was what? urinating before, and a gentleman put his hand <laughs> on my shoulder and said, good job tonight, mate. And I was like, I'm peeing right now. <laughs> but that's okay. That's just... The world we live in, right? That is the world. Uh, but wow, well, that's ha- that just happened. Big fudge. Um, it didn't even give us time to go into this table that is just wheeling in. Oh my goodness, speak. Conco! I can hear that music fading in in the background. Of course you can. It's time for the gimmick table. It's your favourite time, Conco. <laughs> uh, of course, I've got my t-shirts. Uh, they're going to be on sale. Select sizes available. Uh, Big fudge. Chocolate bars will not be for sale in summer. No. Go wait for this weather to cool down. It's crazy Ooh, yeah. Australian heat we get. That's the CAH. Okay. That's what they call it. But uh, you can support myself and Conco and this podcast because we have merchandise available through Redbubble. That's it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, if you go to ConcoWithTheFudge.com, go to our store section. We have a few select items with our different designs. Uh, both of them by the amazing Goonie Tunes. Uh, click through to any item. You will see even more items. So not just phone covers and T-shirts. We're talking tights. We're talking stickers. Uh, baby onesies. Baby as onesies. I discovered. Your favorite. Uh, of course, lots of stuff. Um Basically, uh, Big Fudge, that's it for our merchandise. And, of course, Nostalgia Now, who have been at the merch table for this whole weekend of this wrestling. This whole weekend. Uh, as I mentioned last episode, they've packed up. They're about to hit the road with something real special. Uh, but their website is, of course, still up and running. That's nostalgianow.com.au. And Bargain Pest Control, take care of those nasty pests. Oh, they're so nasty. At such affordable prices. Oh, it's Yours. so affordable. Deals is good. Surely they're not going to last forever, Conco. One day, look, they're going to stop. It's where I'm borrowed time. You need with to these capitalize deals, now. Now is the time, people. If you see a cockroach walking across your kitchen room, your, your, your kitchen, kitchen room, your kitchen room, <laughs> you your kitchen, kitchen floor. room. Look, I sometimes go from my kitchen to the kitchen room. The kitchen room, and that's the room where all the kitchen. That's happens. where the most cockroaches are. I in know. My kitchen room. But hey, if you see one cockroach, it's probably a hundred others you haven't seen yet. And you can't exterminate all those cockroaches by yourself. That's where Bargain Pest Control jumps in. Sometimes I see one in the kitchen and I go, 
I hope this doesn't mean, uh, and then millions more in the kitchen room. Exactly. That's where they like to congregate. That's horrible news, but you know what? Bargain Pass Control will take care of it for you. Doesn't matter what room it is. Exactly. Any room. They can do it. I don't care if you have a two-story house or three-story house. They'll do the whole house. Oh, the whole house? The whole house. Every room. Good. I'm really talking this business up, but they can definitely deliver. I think this could be the longest plug we've ever done for Bargain Pass Control. I think so. Look, I hope they get their money's worth. (laughs) Because uh, Facebook.com slash Bargain Pass Control. That's it. But while you're on Facebook, hey, maybe go into that search engine of yours and type in Australian Indie Wrestling and give them a like, show some support, and get all the latest news, information, and updates on Australian Independent Wrestling. Australian Independent Wrestling indeed, Big Fudge. Uh, so that pretty much does it for the gimmick table. Wow, uh, I think we should. <laughs> we, we saw a man murder a chicken. We saw, we saw a man behind. choke a chicken. Let's, let's, be, let's be real. We don't know if the chicken is he dead. He choked the chicken. Uh, at sorry, yes, we gotta have to. We you can give him a chance to do his uh, social medias before, but if you want to look him up before we do this episode, it's at Real Wrestling Oz hashtag Real Wrestling Oz uh, for all things Gavin McGavin. Uh, good episode with our first guest for uh, from EPW, and to you EPW fans, uh, this may be your first episode. And uh, to you, I say welcome. This is Conquer on the Fudge. Hello. Uh, I'm Conquer Davidson. <laughs> I'm Big Fudge. I wrestled Gavin McGavin unsuccessfully for that uh, beautiful coastal championship of yours. I did not wrestle at all. No, you didn't because you're retired. Yes. Big Fudge. Uh, retired, not current- retarded. <laughs> no, no, sorry. No, not in a Borat sense. Yes. Retired, not retired. Uh, but uh, Big I, Fudge. I think we digress. I think yes. we should jump into this interview. Let's, uh, let's jump straight into it. Uh, let's not uh, lead them on anymore. I don't want to lead people on. I nearly led you on earlier. You led me on. Oh, you were but little... you weren't leading me on because no. it's actually an introduction to the show. Yeah, you thought you, you were making sure that I wasn't. And I'm not going to lead people on anymore. That's okay. I'm not going to waste any more time, Big Fudge. I just want to make this clear. To our listeners, I'm not going to waste a second longer. If you think I'm going to waste any more time, think again. Because I'm introducing... This is where it stops. Okay? This is where the, intro... the introduction to the episode with Gavin McGavin, this is where it ends. It, com- it commences now, the interview portion. Okay? We'll be right back. And we're back, out on the green. And here we are with the Gavner. Does anyone call you that? Has anyone donned that nickname before? The Gavner? The I, Gavner. Can, I can honestly say that is the first and last time I've ever had that nickname used to, to describe me. I sort of like it. I, I mean, you it say it's the last, but we're going to keep... Yeah. <laughs> Hello, Gavner. <laughs> <laughs> I'm one of those people that nicknames do not stick to. I'm the Teflon of nicknames. It just well, does not happen. We can just what have people you. tried to give you? Have you? Can you recall any? Or? <sighs> I, uh, when I started training, I was called Player One. Um, because apparently everything I did was just very robotic and like I was a generic CPU player. So you were like uh, like Akai Man and um, no no Mercy reference anyone no no oh yeah no <laughs> sorry I remember Akai Man and uh, what was the what was the um the PlayStation version was like just the green morph suit looking uh, oh yeah when you were doing the creator wrestling yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah. The guy has to, guy to take all your moves before you decide if you want to assign them to your character. Yes. <laughs> do, do you guys make yourselves in video games? Not anymore. Um, no, I just live it. <laughs> that, yeah, uh, I was talking about this recently with somebody. I because uh, I got the new like my girlfriend went um, to Hawaii or maybe it was when she went to I don't know she was gone for a bit and I uh, went and bought the new uh, 2K whatever it was and as I'm playing it. Like, especially just seeing Buddy Murphy in it now, I'm just like, 
I could be spending this time in the gym. <laughs> like, what am I doing? Yeah. I, I used to play them a lot more before I started wrestling. As you say, now I live it, so it's yeah. it's not as big a deal. But yeah. I remember before I started wrestling, I would make myself and just give myself all the coolest moves there is. Yes. And then since I started wrestling, I felt like I was living a lie, so I only assigned moves to my character that I could actually physically do. I, I find oh. it hard, too, with the, without the... Because um, I did it a fair bit years ago when it was th- still Xbox 360, and you could rip, you know songs to it but I don't think you can do that now on the Xbox One and I don't want to use anyone else's music so I don't see the point like that's a big thing for me yeah, you can't put your songs on but you can upload logos yeah. so I've managed to upload my new logos for my shirts and those sorts of things yeah, so it's kind of cool yeah you can do that so visually you can make it as yeah. accurate as ever but like I was always I was big I was watching um, Wrestling Road Diaries 3 which is available now uh, as our friend Colt mentioned in a previous episode uh, and Grado was talking about how he's like an entrances mark in the video games how we just watch entrances and then as soon as the match starts it's just like pause get out do it again for, for another entrance so oh I get I get really bothered with the entrances because I think they decided there's about 10 guys that they really cared about and they'd mocap them doing their own entrances yeah. and the rest they just got someone who clearly doesn't even watch the product to yeah. do them just so was, far off the mark I was quite um taken that Buddy uh, Murphy was saying that he didn't even do his own yeah. mocap and I thought like well you're not quite like on the road yet like no disrespect but it's like I would have thought that he nah. would be still one of those guys that would be in the PC and they'd maybe bring in the I don't, like I don't know where they do the mocap from my understanding they just have like one or two people that do like everything all the entrances and yeah I met one of the guys yeah. once when I was um, yeah. work. when I was over Sandra in Vegas does a lot of it yeah. like yeah. yeah there's a big guy Um, I think he's well, I know it now. His name's Tashawn Prince. I uh, was over at Future Stars of Wrestling in Vegas at Mike Modest School, and I nearly went there actually. When yeah, I was in Vegas. I yeah. went there for one day, and yeah. I met this huge big guy, and he does a lot of the mocap for the big power moves. Yeah, we're talking Mike Modest, uh, as in as in beyond the mitt. Beyond the mitt. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. yeah, Modest is ready. <laughs> yeah. He's still ready. He's still there. He's still ready. Oh man, it's a travesty. Yeah, as a tear falls from down my cheek. Yeah. Uh, so we start off this talk about. Nicknames. We are here, of course, with Gavin McGavin, but your name is not a whole lot too different from Shooter McGavin, which is, of course, the villain in uh, Happy Happy Gilmore. (laughs) Yeah, my my name originally was uh, Gavin the Shoot Fighter McGavin, um, which I suppose is actually the one only nickname that has ever stuck to me. Um, And that came about from uh, a few of my friends, well, a few of my trainers at the time, now friends. Um, it took a long time to forgive them. They uh, they were p- <laughs> watching Happy Gilmore one night, and then they were playing the TNA video game, which if you haven't, don't. It's terrible. It's, yeah, it was just dreadful. Yeah. Anyway, they made a creator wrestler, and they decided to make a creator wrestler called Shoot Fighter McGavin. Yeah. And then they came down to training the next night, and uh, one of the things that I did excel at when I started off was the, the shoot fighting and the chain wrestling and amateur and that sort of stuff. And uh, Kingston's like, oh, hey, uh, check out Shoot Fighter McGavin over here. Ho, ho, ho. And I'm like, don't even bother, nicknames don't stick to me. And then Dan did it as well, and then they kept going with it, kept going with it. One gimmick later. And then uh, originally it was uh, someone else a bit later who said, well, he needs a first name. What first name could you put with Shoot Fighter McGavin? It was about 10 seconds silence, and then Gavin McGavin? And I thought, no, please, Lord, please, Lord, please, Lord, no. And then sure enough, that was my name. But it was great because once I decided to just go with it. In wrestling, if you get given something like that, it's best to just go with it. If you fight against it, it's not going to work out well. So I just went mm. with it. And when I realized that there's three capital letters, G-M-G, and there's the MGM logo of the, uh, the lion yeah, yeah. roaring. So I just switched the letters and took the lion's face out and put myself in. Oh, wow. And that was my first merch shirt. And it sold <laughs> about four. Oh, how many did you order? 
about 20. I think I've still got the other 16. Yeah. <laughs> For sale probably whenever you can see me because I haven't set up a page yet. Well, we'll gonna have to bring some over the next time you're over here and I'll wear it. I actually think it's quite a catchy name though. It always gets stuck in my head. I always repeat it over and over again. Well, you've only got to remember one name. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I saw one fan posting when um, Newey posted that you'd be on the show and they... <coughs> excuse me. Uh, and he said... At first, I was like, what the hell kind of name is Gavin McGavin? Then I realized that's actually an amazing name or something. I like that he made that post, and I'm wrestling against a guy at the time called Jack Bonza, because Jack Bonza is a perfectly normal name. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Sometimes it's, it's funny. Sometimes you think like, oh, yeah, some of these names are ridiculous, but we just hear them so often that they just become the person's name. Yeah, and unfortunately for me, the closest wrestling parallel is probably Kelly Kelly. Yeah. <laughs> True. What yeah. an amazing comparison. The lady so nice, they named her twice. Which, yeah. uh, so that, I guess that makes me the, the wrestler so nice, they named him twice. <laughs> yeah, but with a mick. With a mick. Because you're, you know, Scottish. With a mick. Actually, I came up with this other great merch shirt idea a while ago because when I started off, my entrance music was, I've got the power. Yeah. So I... You would not be the first to use it, eh? No, no. Actually, not the first, not the last. Because uh, I know that uh, Brooksy came over and he was using it as well. Yeah. I just turned, um, so sure I'd stopped like, using yeah. it, and he used it to come out. And the music hit, and everyone started booing because they thought I was going to come through the curtain. And then when he came out, like, oh, sorry, Brooksy, we, we actually like you. Oh, yeah. But I came up with this shirt idea because of the name and because of uh, the I've Got the Power thing. It was a chalkboard with a piece of chalk that had just finished writing, E equals MC Gavin squared. And I tried to do the maths in my head, and I'm pretty sure that works because there's two Gavins. So it's a visual sort of thing, so that works terribly on a podcast, but it was a great shirt idea that never happened. Sorry, we'll throw up a photo of it afterwards. Excellent. If I I remember to do it. You currently have a couple of good shirts as well. Like, uh, I really enjoy your less hipsters, more hip tosses shirt. The the, uh, more hip tosses, as in the move, and less hip tosses, as in hipsters who are tosses. I butchered that. (laughs) And then uh, what was the other one? It's like similar design but uh the other one is uh less less snapchats more snap mares yes um, good so one. that one and then there's another one that's uh currently getting uh printed can you drop the bomb on us it's a uh it's a less crossfit more cross face <laughs> that's very good yeah i enjoy yeah. it so uh you ventured back to these parts. You came back. You came to Sydney for the first time last year. Yes. For PWA, and now you're here for Nui Pro. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you sort of, in the little time you've been here, you're already creating a bit of a reputation for yourself because in your debut in Sydney, a referee got concussed in your match. <laughs> That's right. And last night in your match against Jack Bonza. Uh, he came out with quite a bad eye injury, two stitches in the eye. Ah, look, mate, this isn't so. ballet. Um, <laughs> well, to be fair, the uh, the concussion to the referee, Robbie Eagles kicked him. I just pushed him in the way. Curse of the Gav. Uh, so I think I wasn't sure if it was Robbie kicking him that knocked him out, or if it was himself Enzo mooring himself on the ropes on the way down. He did. He took quite a nasty. Fall. Yeah, he was out cold. And then, uh, as far as Bonza last night, look, I'm I'm trying to win, and if I can take it, the sight out of one of his eyes, I guess I'm going to have a better chance. <laughs> Works very well. Well, you're about to have your third match tonight uh, against Conco, so (laughs) hopefully the curse ends tonight. Hopefully, third time lucky. Second defense of the 
the EPW Coastal Championship. Now, you're explaining to me that, like, uh, the company used to be called, what is it, Extreme Coastal It used wrestling? to be uh, Explosive Explo- Coastal Wrestling okay. uh, back in the day. And so then... Uh, I think just the fact that it was ECW. Yeah, we thought... Extreme well, for They thought I wasn't part of the company back then. They thought ECW is probably a bit on the nose because the other ECW had died out by this time. Yeah. Um, but we thought, probably not the best. So they changed the name to Explosive Professional Wrestling. And then at the 15-year anniversary of the show uh, existing, um, they decided to introduce a new belt. Um, and they called it the Coastal Belt. We were toying with other names like the Heritage title and whatnot, but they thought the Coastal Championship had a, had a good ring to it. And I like it because it means that I get to come to other places like the Central Coast and anywhere else around Australia that has a coastline and has wrestling. And as far as I'm concerned, I'm the champion of all it, those places. All the populations in Australia are, are on a coast. Well, apart from Alice Springs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. But... Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I was, I was like, oh, great, Central Coast, first defense of the Coastal Championship, you know, yeah, made sense. Yeah, exactly, uh, and it's it's great too, I love the fact that I get to, to travel around and, and represent EPW, I'm very proud of, that's where I've started my wrestling, um, I think it, the company still holds a really, really good name, but as does Newcastle Pro, and that's why I've, I've come over to to Sydney is because I've heard such great things about the companies over here in particular PWA and Newey Pro and I've just really wanted to perform in front of the crowds that I've seen that they've drawn and, and, and work with the performers that they've got That's nice to say but Fudge I mean we were so concerned recently we were just like man we don't want this just to be the PWA Newey Pro show No, we, we don't, don't want to we want to be as yeah. uh, equal to everybody and then I mean you can't help a guest saying nice things though so yeah. we'll take it <laughs> well those are the only two companies I've uh, I've wrestled for over here so far so if anyone else yeah. wants to fly me over and see if they've got somebody who can try and take my coastal championship away from me if I if I manage to leave with it this time around um, then uh, they're more than welcome to do so but um, EPW's in Excellent shape. Uh, the the school's looking in great shape too. Um, what's the? You're one of the trainers, yeah. in fact. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, at the uh, the newly renamed EPW School of Professional Wrestling. Um, yeah, you guys just moved to a new venue and it looks fantastic. Moved to a nice facility. We've been south of the river for 15 years. We've moved to a nicer facility um, up in Malaga. Uh, a lot more space, a lot better facilities, and uh, the response has been great so far. We've had a huge influx of new trainees and they're, they're training the house down, att- attending four or five sessions a week. Um, the school is looking really, really strong as well. Um, we've got some excellent trainers there, some really, really world-class guys. Are those nights you've got the classes are they broken up into skill levels or yep. yeah so uh monday night will be our uh, advanced uh lessons tuesday night is beginners wednesday night is advanced thursday is beginners friday is sort of open to all um and then sunday is beginners as well so we've got three days a week of beginners yep. but we do encourage any of the more experienced guys to come down as well because even though i might be taking the training session the new guys can learn from anyone that's that's down there that's been doing it longer than them as i can as well so uh, you had a pretty decent run in McMassive, which was a tag team you were part of mm-hmm. with Mike Massive. Yes. Uh, which culminated in... Which is really just his name, Fast. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, it's the, actually one of the funny things that used to really irk me was that people thought that his name was just McMassive and that I was just like... The, the team name was just him. Like, I was just the guy that sort of followed right. him to the ring. Well, because so, oh. Mick is short for... 
or Mike and Mick are both short for Michael. Yes. Yeah. So they might have thought, oh well, he's gone with yeah, he's just Mick, Mick instead Ma- of Mike. Yeah, that's so just he's Mick Massive. Yeah, yeah, that Mi- makes sense. Yeah, that used to uh, Mick Massive is my favourite wrestler. I'm like, it's, it's a team. It's yeah. it's not just one of us. But that actually probably is what led to the split. I would say because I felt like I was doing most of the work and getting none of the credit. So uh, I decided to kick him in his balls and yeah. and and uh, yeah, throw him to the curb. You did have the. The headgear you'd, you'd you done did. for a while, and you've mentioned that you hadn't wrestled like uh, without it. Like you wrestled your whole career without it until very recently. I'd wrestled seven and a half years. Every single match, and was, no one had seen your ears before. My ears had not been visible, um, not once. Seven years. Um, they look, they look good. They're good looking ears. Well, that's because I protected them with the headgear. Yeah, they don't look the least bit cauliflower or anything. <laughs> All right. Well, that's why because I wore the headgear. If I hadn't, they'd be in terrible shape. It's yeah. actually quite funny because seven and a half years, every single match. I wrestled was with the headgear on my very first match with the headgear off I split my ear open <laughs> not a word of a lie I came back and there's blood pouring out of my ear in the yeah. first match without it take us through that is there kind of is there any sound change is it sort of ah uh, uh, well comfortable? Like, uh, it's not too bad yeah. they're, they're ventilated so you can yeah. you can hear things It's it. I found it came quite handy when people during my days as a hardcore wrestler because there was a period of time there that I was the hardcore champion on two occasions when people would be wrapping baking trays and chairs and other things around the side of my head it protected my ear which was great um, but sometimes it would get that cupping sound and it felt like my ear was about to burst mm. yeah <laughs> But no, it's, um, it was different. That was the, the whole reason for it in the first place. I just wanted to, to look different to everyone else. Um, and also being labelled with this shoot fighter gimmick, I thought, what the hell's a shoot fighter? So I started having a look around and yeah. and sort of pieced together some different bits and pieces from some mixed martial arts and some amateur wrestling and whatnot. And I just thought everyone else is trying to look like cool, badass main eventers with their kick pads and their shorts and this sort of stuff. So why not wear butcher tights? No one else is using it. Why not wear long socks? No one else is using it. Why not wear headgear? No one else is using it. You won me over with the long socks. at the. I, I, I'm a big believer that socks, socks should be pulled right up <laughs> every day. <laughs> yeah. But do you wrestle with long socks? No, I don't anymore because my boots have slits all the way down. Ah, I so see. if you wear, I mean, some people are like, you should wear like leopard socks or something under there so that they'll look, you know, all different <laughs> coloured and stuff. So that then it kind of looks like I'm wearing different boots every time. Because, yeah, I don't know. You'll see my boots later and you get what I mean. But Yeah, uh, fair enough. No, the, um, you mentioned the Harcourt title. What's the, so, so Coastal Championship, obviously, um, like what's the, title picture over there like what's the so over in EPW at the moment we've got uh, we've got the EPW championship uh, yep. which is the main title we've got the tag team championship championships uh, and now the coastal championship the uh, the hardcore the hardcore title, hardcore title uh, was famously well infamously won by Lukey Boland when he was accidentally knocked out and he was the manager of the Don who had been champion like for like 450 days actually and the uh, Lukey accidentally got knocked out and fell on top of his uh, his clients and got the pinfall. And uh, Lukey hasn't been back since, so he's still going strong about 700 days into his title <laughs> reign. But uh, I'm pretty sure that belt's gone and gone and forgotten for now. Yeah. Uh, well, I was gonna. We saw it went sidetracked because now you've won the Coastal Championship. You're sort of on your own now. But before mm-hmm. you were with Mike Massive for quite a fair <laughs> so time. I'm just steering it back to the tag. Yeah, I am. Sorry, yeah. uh, okay. I'm taking it back. <laughs> Sometimes we do that. Sometimes, like... We get sidetracked. No, it's just like, oh, cool, well, I'll... The conversation like, evolves. What happens is he'll go, oh, I'm going to go down that road, and then I'll pick something and something you say and go, I'm going to go this way. <laughs> but he won't have what he's after. 
in this first question. <laughs> I need answers. That's right. We I need to know. <laughs> Surely we can edit it in post so it flows in the right direction. No, I'll leave it. I'll, this is fine. <laughs> no, it's more work for Conco. Yeah, right. We'll make it easy. So what 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 were you uh, what were you well, mainly wanting to get to? You were just like quite a popular tag team for such an extensive period of time. What was your time like spent with Mike Massive? Oh, I actually, I really, really enjoyed it. I had this conversation with a few guys earlier. I'm a huge, huge fan of tag wrestling. I think it gives you opportunities that other types of matches yeah, just don't afford. gimmick match gives you so many more possibilities that you can't achieve in a singles contest. Just having a combination of four guys in yes. there uh, is just something you can't achieve in a singles match. And having a, a tag team partner really particularly when you wrestle for as long as we did. Mass and I were together for four years and we wrestled in Perth together, we wrestled in Melbourne together, we wrestled in Adelaide together, we wrestled in Tasmania together and by the end it was, I'd always heard people talk about it and I thought it was BS that you know, you, you'd know you know what each other is thinking and whatnot. but you get into such a groove that um, it becomes really, really simple and really, really easy and I think the other thing is apart from, you know, I'd I'd been doing it for a long time and I wanted to venture out on my own. Um, but also, we'd, we'd kind of done everything that we'd, we'd set out to do, more than we'd set out to do. We thought, you know, if we can ha- be a team for a little while, that'd be great. Um, if we can win a championship, that'd be even better. And to win the titles twice, to travel around Australia, to sell a whole bunch of merch and that sort of thing. It was There's only so much you can achieve as a tag team, really. No, exactly. And, you know, I thought, I think I learnt a lot from my time in tag team wrestling and I just thought, you know, I think I'm ready now to, to go out on my own and see what I see what I can achieve. And I think my faith in myself has been rewarded with within a few months. You know, landing a, the new singles title in EPW and, and now coming over and, and wrestling in other places, it's it's a whole new set of thrills. Because um, sharing it with a, a tag team is really really cool, and getting to travel around is awesome together. Um, but when you go out on your own, there's a lot more pressure on yourself. Uh, but also, I feel a greater sense of reward uh, because you know that any success that you achieve uh, is largely more attributed to the to what you've done and the people that you're working with of course um, but yeah it's it's a whole new challenge and a whole new set of goals that I've set for myself now pro wrestler by night primary school teach by day can yes. we talk about this? yeah certainly yeah definitely yeah I just think it's interesting how you, you teach primary school children you teach at the the EPW school it's like uh, a different contrast between what you do. Do, Oh, man, if I could pick any career in my life, unless, of course, you're just being a professional wrestler and that was my entire job, take that away, I would be just a wrestling trainer for my career. That would be, if I could make a living just teaching people how to wrestle, I would be a happy, happy man. Um, I love imparting new skills on people. I love seeing people get something that look when they oh that's that's how it's done or that's how it works, um, both in primary school teaching and down at the uh, school of professional wrestling as well. It's just the best feeling to teach someone something that they want to learn, yes. um, which is probably why I get more enjoyment out of the school sometimes than I do of than actual primary school teaching because. I teach year sixes quite often, and uh, by the time they get to 12, they don't want to be there. They don't want to learn how to write a paragraph <laughs> or an essay or do algebra, but I'll spend six hours trying to you know, drum facts and things into their heads, and then that night I'll get to go to the wrestling school, and people are desperately wanting to learn this new skill that they're passionate about, and it restores my faith in teaching. <laughs> do you try to keep it from them that you're a wrestler, or is there a picture of you up on the side just to remind them, like, hey... <laughs> I, line and I have in the past just because when I was still uh, in training and I was doing one of my final pracs, the mentor teacher I had found out that I had a match coming up so she told the students and they came along and that match was a match for the hardcore title against Bobby Marshall at Reawakening 10 uh, and in that match 
we did a superplex off the top rope to a ladder that was on the outside and we beat each other up with the kendo sticks and I whacked him in the cross the face with a weight belt and <laughs> it was just absolutely a brutal match that we were both severely beaten up from. The crowd was going crazy and swearing their heads off and halfway through the match I look over and there's five or six kids from my class in the front row and their parents are just absolutely mortified. It's a family show. <laughs> so I, uh, I got to school the next day and the principal's like, yeah, some parents aren't real happy about this but I told them to get stuffed. I s- they said, oh, you know, other teachers play footy on the weekends and sometimes they get reported for belting someone or, you know, look, you, you take your son to the West Coast Eagles game and people will be st- swearing in the crowd so get used to it like you bought the tickets for him you took them there take the responsibility as the parent exactly so I tried to hide it from him but my, my new principal's really cool about it she said it's awesome that I've got outside pursuits and she said it's good that kids can relate to me about something that they like because kids love wrestling um, yeah. they do so they get a bit of a kick out of it when I won the new belt I took it in for show and tell because they were begging me to do it because they, they follow yeah. online at my right. results and that sort of stuff so that's cool yeah, they had a comp. Well, we had a competition, so whoever, whoever was class champion for the day got to wear the belt for the day. We'll have it over <laughs> their shoulder because it's a bit big for them. Um, I'm actually doing the same thing. I'm going back to university this year. I'm doing primary education as well, and my inspiration for that was sort of just as a big fudge, dealing with all these kids after shows and stuff, interacting with them. I sort of thought, oh, I really like dealing with all these kids. Some of these kids are really lovely, and it sort of opened my eyes. And I thought I could see myself doing this as a career in the future, and I don't know if sort of did did you already have the the path as primary teacher before you entered wrestling or did you do wrestling and then get into teaching I was when I got into wrestling I was working at a fitness store selling fitness equipment okay um, I got into teaching it was something I always wanted to do when I was younger but I just felt I was too young to do it I thought I need to actually have some life experience before I try and go out and you know try and teach people life skills and I remember one Christmas I was working in retail and I was working Christmas Eve and then I was going to have to come back Boxing Day and I just thought, I, I can't I can't keep doing this, you know, into my older years. I need to actually have a, a job, a career that I'll look back on and, and feel like I actually did something important. And also the, the holidays are fantastic. I mean, I'm on the Central Coast right now on a paid holiday because I've got six weeks holidays as a school teacher. It's yes. absolutely fantastic. The holiday time was very enticing. Yeah, but it's, it's, <laughs> it's funny. The, the skills do sort of uh, translate because um, you've got to stand up and try and engage a crowd of 30 kids and try and teach them something so you know there's a promo skill right there um, trying to get them to like you that's you know that's being a good guy and then a lot of uh, the angst and frustration that comes out now that I'm uh, less of a, a good guy depending on where I am I uh, that draw from some of the times when the kids piss me off <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to decide between high school and primary school oh. high school kids are just horrible oh, teenagers, terrible teen- all the hormones I don't want to deal with that teenagers are horrible people yeah Horrible. I know this because I was a teenager once. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah primary school seemed like a good way to go. I was. <laughs> yeah. Shooting up and doing all I that. I was. <laughs> was. Was that shooting up with insulin because of all the sugar from all the chocolate? That's exactly right. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. yeah. I had a troubled past. Yeah. It's okay, I'm clean now, guys. Yeah. <laughs> now he takes different kinds of bumps. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good pun. Yeah. Not bad. I was going to say, that's... Uh, that's quite interesting that they like follow you on the social media. Yeah, I've had to really put a ban on it because as a teacher, you're not you're not allowed to be friends with any you know, kids on on social media or anything like that. But they're quite young as well to even have yeah. social media. Well, that's what I keep telling them, you know, um, you've got to be 13 to have any sort of social media account and the oldest you are in primary school is 12. Um, so when I get kids you know try and follow me on Instagram, I'm like, "Hey, uh, come see some ID." 
what do you mean? Like, you're 12. Get rid of your Instagram account or I'm telling your mum. <laughs> but, yeah, it's it's a, it's a little bit funny. So, I think they just go more on the, the EPW Facebook page and check out what's happening. And Yeah. It's so weird that, like, because I, I remember uh, being a kid and you see a teacher outside of school and there's this kind of thought, especially in the primary school years, of just like, what are you doing here? You exist why outside these walls. Why, why, do you, why are you not at the school? <laughs> Don't you live at the school? Like <laughs> my my first year of teaching, this was uh, back in my mid twenties when, for some reason, I had a nipple ring, and uh, <laughs> I'd just been to the beach and I pulled into the server to fill up, and I thought, you know, I'll do what I normally do. I just walked into the server station. I was wearing a pair of thongs and a board shorts, board shorts, and that was it. And as I walked out, I bumped into one of the mums from my class, shirtless, with the kid there, and she's just looking up at me like, "What's that thing in his nipple?" I'm like, oh, this is going to be bad come Monday. <laughs> yeah. You You've got to... But is that like, you know... I had to explain to my child what a nipple ring is. <laughs> oh, it just... <laughs> it isn't so much of it, like... Yeah, people forget that yeah. teachers are human beings sometimes. Yeah. Um, that's why I try to... I like working at schools that are a couple of suburbs away from where I live. Because otherwise, every time you go to the local shop, you run into them. Every time you go down to the sporting club, you run into them. Every time you go to the pub, you run into their parents. Yeah. Uh, it's much better to have that, that separation and that distance. Yeah. I want to bring it back to wrestling, though. Yes. Because we've talked about... Like, the teaching stuff's fantastic. Um, like, we've mentioned the video games and, you know, that sort of interest. Mm-hmm. But, like, what was the youngest that uh, that Gavin sort of discovered wrestling? Uh, my earliest memory. So, I was... I'm quite an old fellow. I'm in my 30s. So, my earliest memories are Hulk Hogan and Warrior. Um mm. I remember... Mania or just... Uh, the Mania, I remember that. I think the first Mania I really remember was Hogan and Slaughter. Um, and I remember... Was that b- when Slaughter was doing like the Iraq yeah. gimmick? Yeah. And I, I just remember... move it inside because they thought he was going to get uh, sniped. Because yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was supposed to be in a pretty big dome, I'm pretty... No, yeah. not a, like an out, like outdoor yeah, stadium. Outdoor like that was going to be in a huge... Yeah, yeah. I Hogan had his head dangling over the ropes and then Slaughter smashed him with a chair and he busted him wide open and I just remember thinking wow this is absolutely incredible um, and I've just loved it yeah. ever since I mean I, it was perfect I was four years old and Hulk Hogan was the top guy so that was perfect for me because he appealed to four year olds and then um, it sort of went off TV in WA for a while uh, and then by the time it came back on TV I was watching Sports Tonight and um Straight afterwards, superstars. Uh, Raw came on, Raw, and okay. it was the first Raw after Mania 14. So I'm a teenager, and Stone Cold Steve Austin walks out as the new champ. Yeah, and custom made for me, like that's appealing straight to my demographic. And I remember watching Raw, and The Rock was on that episode, and uh, X Buck had just come back to join DX, and just thinking that this is absolutely fantastic. And I've just always had a really, really drive and, and love for for wrestling, and it's funny. It's a really weird sort of thing, but the movie Die Hard is actually what made me want to be a wrestler. I think Robbie Eagles will appreciate yeah. this. Yeah, yeah, keep going. Yeah, because I um, I I watched it. I'm like, man, I just I just want to be an action hero. Um, how can you possibly be an action hero in real life? Like, you could be a pro wrestler, and it's funny. It sort of almost gave me, it gave me the the format for a good wrestling match as well because like it starts off and John McLean kicks a bit of ass you know he's starting off the good guys going really really strong and then part way through like he gets cut to pieces like he starts bleeding from his feet and you're like oh no I've got a lot of sympathy for this guy and then at the end he comes home strong in the end and I just I remember being quite young and watching that and going that's a really good story like that's a really strong story you could apply to a lot of things yeah. and um, 
I just thought that's just fantastic. Like the image, because that was all through all '80s action movies were the same. The image at the end was the the good guy triumphant, but broken and battered and bleeding. And and I just thought that's that's cool. That's what I want to be. I want to be the guy that's you know gone through hell, but come out the other side smelling like smoke and in, and he's the champion. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, I've just always had a real passion for sports and had a real passion for theatre and that sort of stuff as well. Um, and I think also because I've always been quite a small person, I was a very small kid. Um, so being a wrestler, you get to be larger than life. You get to be that superhero that you, you don't quite get to be when you're the youngest of four boys and you've got three bigger brothers that keep you in your place. Mm. So you get to um, go out and experience you know, people cheering you or booing you or buying your merch or throwing things at you and... Yeah, it's. Um, I didn't even know that wrestling existed in Australia up until uh, 2007. I didn't even know it existed. A lot of people still don't know. Yeah. Oh, that's the, that, that's the biggest. Pro- Why the, we do the show? The biggest problem uh, with Australian wrestling. It's not the quality of the wrestling. The if you put together all the best talent in Australia and put it on the one card and with the best production that's getting around in Australia, it'd be fantastic. It would be a product comparable to just about anything in the world yes. I mean separate from WWE of course because they've got such high production values but it would be such an incredible product but there's just so many people I think there's some shows in this country that on their own even even without like a collection of interstate or you know best of the best I, I think that like the idea of the super show it it's it's not that it's like uh, out of date or whatever but I just don't think that it's as necessary because there's just so many strong acts in all the different states now. Yeah, I mean, I think we had that realisation last year at Reawakening because traditionally Reawakening, we've flown in quite a lot of interstaters to bolster up the card. Mm. Uh, And this last year, I think we had one. Damien Slater came over and the rest we managed to put on a really strong card, top to bottom. We did the same with the last Newey. That was, like I said, this is the first sort of anniversary type big, you know, show in October that we had. This is the one where Fudge uh, came back from the dead. and uh, Congratulations yeah, like, on that, by the thank way. You. Yeah, that was yeah. quite a feat. Um, <laughs> no guests, not one guest on the whole show. And it was like, wow, this is the first sort of big, uh, big deal show I've been there where there's been no, no yeah. outside help. Because, I mean, I'd, I'd heard bits and pieces and I'd seen, you know, VHS footage of people taping together blue gym mats and there was plastic chairs at the corner posts and ropes wrapped around. And I thought, oh, man. I just, I like, I think like everyone else, I thought if I want to be a wrestler, I have to be gigantic and I have to move to America. And those two things probably weren't going to happen. And then I was working with a friend of mine who now wrestles in EPW as Eddie Bombay. And he came out the back when we were working at uh, whichever sports store we were working at. And he put the newspaper down in front of me and said, X Park is coming to Perth. I, yeah. said, I said, never mind that. Look who he's wrestling. Brian Danielson. He's like, who's that? I'm like, oh, so mad. So I went along to this show and it was, uh, there was something about an NWA Australian championship happening. I'm like, oh, I didn't know there was Australian wrestlers. So I get there and the very first match, um, the guy that walks out to the ring, I think it was Davis Storm at the time, um, is announced as being from Perth. I thought, what? No, there's not, there's not wrestling in Perth. And then some more guys come out from Perth and then there was just... This was one show where they did have quite a few people, internationals, yeah. who hadn't quite made it yet, but turned out to be huge stars. Like Cesaro was on the show, mm. uh, Carl Anderson was on the show, 
Uh, Mikey Nichols and Shane Hayes were on the show. Jag Hartley-Jackson was on the show. Everyone I've just mentioned is now currently working overseas and across the world. Uh, Rocky Romero was on the show. Joey yeah. Ryan was on the show. Uh, and then all the Perth talent as well. And there was pyro and there was smoke machines and there was music and there was a cage being lowered from the roof. Like, not put up at ringside, being lowered from the roof. It was the most amazing thing I'd ever seen. I just said to, said to Ed, I'm like, I have to do this. I absolutely have to do this. And I was sitting in the crowd, 23 years old, weighing 47 kilos. Um, I'm, like, I'm hitting the gym. I'm, I'm doing this. I, I went straight home. I looked on their website. I found out about the school and, and hit the gym. And then about three months later, they had a tryout. Went and did it and haven't looked back since. It's awesome that, um, that it was... Like, it will, I mean, I'm assuming the quality of the show was, oh, you know, really excellent. Amazing. Like, um, but, yeah, we get so many stories of, like, uh, you know, people that just had no idea about anything and then maybe Googled wrestling schools and then, like, you know, you, you get a lot of guys, myself included, who <laughs> hadn't been to any local shows until they were training. Mm. But yeah, it's quite common, I find, amongst a lot of rookies. Yeah. They won't actually see a first show, their first show until they begin training. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm hoping that now with so many Australians making it big overseas that there'll be a bit more visibility. I hope that people look at that and they see all the Australians in NXT and over in Mexico and Japan and they say, well, they must have started somewhere. Surely it's in Australia. And I mean, over here on the yeah. East Coast, it's... That's what you hope the thought is. Over here on the East Coast, there's so many companies and so many training schools and whatnot. Over in Perth, we're obviously the most isolated capital city in yes. the world. Um, so we're, we're pretty far away from everything, but we've still... There's still some some schools over there, and um, it's it's great that some of the most successful Australians have come from the the most remote place, yes. the most capital city in the world. It's like crazy. it's just mind-boggling to see those people. I mean, when Mike and Shane came back, Shane came down and, and hung out at training for a few nights, and we had trainees walk through the door, and they'd never met them before because they started training since the boys left. I'm like, holy shit, that's that's NXT Shane Thorne. I, I, what's he doing here? No, he's, that's just our mate Shane. Sorry, the raffle's about to uh, be announced. JT's favourite time of the show. <laughs> <laughs> so we are just talking about... Uh, you know, Australian wrestling growing as a whole, but over here on the East Coast, when maybe we're not as aware as a lot of the guys over in, in Perth, mm-hmm. in Western Australia, such as yourself, because this is only your uh, second tour over the New South Wales. Yep. So I was just wondering if you could name some of like the unsung heroes of Perth, maybe people that the East Coast aren't aware of. The USA just that haven't really like travelled outside of Perth. Like for me, when I went to Perth, I thought the Don was amazing. Oh. And I feel like he doesn't get enough recognition for how good he is. The Don is absolutely fantastic. Um, he's just an absolute top-class performer. And it's a shame that he hasn't... Uh, he hasn't done much interstate stuff. He hasn't done much interstate. I mean, he's, there's reasons for that. He's got a young family and whatnot. And he's got his business that he has to run. But he he could fit into any card in Australia yes. and, and blow it out of the park, really. He's, he's an absolutely fantastic wrestler. He's been doing a lot of tag wrestling in his time in EPW. But I think he is completely primed for a, a run at the top um, he's been doing it a long time he's got himself in amazing shape he's got a great brain for it he's a very very solid wrestler I mean there's a lot of guys that um, have travelled around so people are aware of the Marcus Pitts yeah. Um, yeah. Chris Vice those sorts of things Rice Chris Rice sorry yes Chris sorry. Rice we um, like to Corrected on this show. Um, another uh, another fantastic wrestler over in in Perth is uh, Alex Kingston. He's done a little bit of travelling, uh, not as much as the other guys, but really really competent high flyer. And we've got a lot of new guys coming through as well. Um, our current champion Logan Gray. He's about 
18 months into the business. Came out of nowhere and he's already the champ. Oh, he's he's incredible. He's a very, very talented guy. He's got an amazing look. He's just about covered head to toe in tattoos. He's also a singer in a in a uh, death metal band or something like that. Um, sorry if I've got that wrong. Hardcore. A hardcore band. band. I'm sure it's some kind of specific <laughs> metal that's, yeah. uh, you know. That you know the ones where they yeah. scream and you can't quite understand the lyrics? But he's very good at it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so he's, yeah, he's a very, very hot prospect to watch. And there's a lot of those sort of guys that I think if they they ever do have another Cruiserweight Challenge, um, there's lots of guys that are in Australia that I think could easily sl- slot into those spots. But we really pride ourselves on trying to produce a really good quality of wrestler. I mean, I know there are some schools out there that whether or not you get booked on a show is just dependent on how much time you put in. Um, I say to all the trainees that walk through the door at our school is if you get put on a show, you know it's because you're ready to be on a show. Um, and we won't put anyone out there before they're ready because it's not fair on them. Uh, it's not fair to EPW's legacy and it's not fair to the paying crowd either. So, like, speaking at school and the students that have come through, you were telling us about... Uh uh, the canvas that you guys have yeah a particular uh, backstory the, the ring canvas uh, is very interesting in that uh, it was a ba- brand new ring canvas that we bought um, and then the first time it actually got used was when the Hulkamania tour came to Perth and they hired our ring <laughs> um, so I w- it was actually on my birthday so I got to be ring crew on my birthday and I got to set the ring up and I met guys like Ric Flair and um, Umaga about five days before he passed away unfortunately and um, one actually I'll do a little sidetrack my favourite thing about that day is um, Val Venus was on that show and god damn I love Val Venus uh, everyone else came out there and they were sort of having a chat about their matches and whatnot, and they were just sort of running through the motions but he showed just as much excitement having a chat about what he wanted to do that night and how he was going to perform that as you know a guy having his fifth or sixth match he was just so amped up and so animated and he was just still so in love with the business uh, that long into his career even though you know he was wrestling in in Perth and not at the heights that he used to um, anyway, so we, the main event of that match was Hulk Hogan versus Ric Flair. And, of course, they both bled absolute buckets, and they bled all over our brand-new canvas. Um, so when we took the ring down and we took it back to our training facility, and we scrubbed and we scrubbed and scrubbed, and we tried as hard as we could to get all the blood out, but it was just ruined. It was completely ruined. We've never used it on a show ourselves. So that has just completely become our training canvas. So anyone that has been training since the uh, the Hulkamania tour of two thousand and eight, I think it was. Yeah, it was a while. Two thousand eight, two thousand nine has uh, has been bumping all over Ric Flair and Hulk Hogan's blood. So hopefully, hopefully wrestling talent is transmitted through blood, and hopefully uh, nothing else. Fountain of youth, yeah, yeah, because those guys don't seem like they're going to die anytime soon. Did you see Ric Flair deadlifting four hundred pounds? Yeah, I did. Dude's still hanging in there. He's old as fuck, but he can lift like a motherfucker. Jesus. Ric Flair, that's, yeah, does my brain in. Like, the guy's been in two plane crashes and broken his back, and he can deadlift 400 pounds. Come on, still now. take back drops, damn it. Yeah. Oh, just on his side, that's all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, well, Gav, thanks for taking the time to be on Conquer on the Fudge. No, thank Gav, you for having you me. You were our first interstate guest, actually. Really? Yes. Well, first one that you hit record on? Yes. <laughs> I yeah. mean, it was <laughs> yeah, the true. first one true. that we didn't press the record button on. Yeah, let's not talk about Maybe that. we'll get him back one day. Yeah. But hey. Does Buddy not count? No? Buddy's an international now, right? He's an international. Okay. He's All in the right. big leagues. There you, know, you go. I think you're officially the first interstate guest we've had on the podcast. Oh, thank you for having me. It's been a, it's been a weekend of firsts for me. Yeah. <laughs> it's excellent. Well, thank you so much for being on. No, we thank you. Back. And we're back. Wow. That concludes our interview <laughs> with... Gavin McGavin. 
exciting times. Exciting being here this entire weekend on the Central Coast. It's beautiful out here. It is lovely. It's the it's it's the king's country. It's I went the, to the beach this morning. You went I, to the beach. I don't go to the beach too often, but I could really feel that uh, salty water clearing out my skin when I went for a little swim. I feel okay. the salt in my face and in my hair because during my match with Gavin McGavin, he uh, he took a salt a salt a salt he took a salt shaker to my head, and uh, I, I, I was assaulted. How did you feel about that? Did you feel I salty salt. towards him? I did feel salty towards him. You got a bit salty. I did get a little salty. Speaking uh, of salt, delicious salt, I got to stop at <laughs> Carl's Juniors today. How did you? I'm not I'm not saying they used too much salt in their food. They used the right amount of salt, Conco. Yeah. And this is only the second time I've ever tried Carl's Juniors. I saw you had Carl's Juniors today also. I rocked up with some Carl's Jr. because, uh, look, we've been lucky enough to be the place in the country that... Uh, you know, Carl's Jr. has decided to branch out to. Yes. On the I feel very Coast. fortunate. Uh, out of Baday Bay. Anyway, Big Fudge. I guess this is the time where we raise this our glasses. Where, this, oh, I forgot about this. And we this have is, a toast. I do keep forgetting about the regular segments on our show, but let me raise... This is a show all about good times. It is. It's good times. So, Conco. Yes. Here's to feeling good. All the time. <laughs> all the time. All the time. <laughs> Thanks, Monster. <laughs>